What? Yeah. Now I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey, this is Jimmy Farrell from Monty and the Farrell, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel, but I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Farrell. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestle broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. At the board is Spidey for the double shot. What are you doing, Spidey? What's up? Spidey, you graduated school. How yeah, does I it did. feel? It feels good. Yeah? Now going to join the 9 to 5 life. You know what you're going to realize, man? You're going to realize when you start getting older, you're going to be like, man, I shouldn't have rushed school so much. I think I enjoyed my time. Did you? Yes. You going to write a book? No. <laughs> like Why everybody not? else in the world? Might as well. Just going to write a book? Just do, you know, write a book about you and your life that no one will read. It's been yeah. pretty crazy. Isn't there a... He's a legend isn't in his it, own mind. Isn't there a wrestling agent coming out with a book? Oh, Jesus, another one? Yeah. Oh, great. What's that it's one It's called, called, like, Movies... I forget what he named it. Movies, something, and wrestling. Wow. Can I pre-order? We're going to ask our guest after the commercial, what does he think of that guy? That's a good spot question. Yeah, why not? Think? And that sure wasn't even planned. I just came right off the top of this bald You're good head like of mine. that. I Th am good that like that. It is a bald head. You're right. All right, brother. Yeah, go ahead. What do we got? What's on the docket? Because it's usually not wrestling first. So what kind of stuff you got this Hall time? of Fame boxing referee Mills Lane passes away. Mills mm. Lane's the iconic boxing referee who officiated the Mike Tyson of Vanda Holyfield Bite fight? I didn't even know it was called the bite fight. Is that what they call it? That's what they call Very it. Very interesting. And a okay. myriad other championship. You like that word, myriad? Yeah, yeah. It's good that someone wrote that. It's kind, of, it's kind of fancy. Has died the Nevada Hall of Fame confirmed on Tuesday. Farrell Mills Lane. Mills Lane. Well, Mills Lane was obviously a great referee. He stands out. You know, uh, you know, it's weird. If you stand out as a referee in people's minds when it comes to sports, you must have been a pretty damn good referee, and he was. However... And rest in peace, Mr. Lane. I'm still mad at him for allowing Evander Holyfield to constantly headbutt Mike Tyson, which, of course, led to Mike saying, screw it, I'm taking oh, your ear off. Stop. I, I still think that they should have just had a street fight. That would have settled everything. Holyfield whipped his you, ass. Yeah, right. Sure he did. After, with, with one headbutt after another. I watched it. I watched it again. I was like, what? And, and Mike was complaining about it, too. Not that Mike was right to do what he did. Mike's a lunatic. I'm not excusing his obvious lunacy. He, you know? he clearly he couldn't beat Holyfield within the confines the of the rules one way or the other, and I'm admitting to that. All right, good. Okay? Glad to but, hear it. But, what, but within the confines of the rules. But, you know, but, no, you the, see, you got to throw that in. I no, have to. He lost. Ah, let, let him go that fight behind uh, Taco Bell. Still holding done. some love for Mike Tyson. Huh? I love Mike Tyson. He's, he's turned out okay. Leave him alone. Christy Alley, cause of death revealed, was only recently discovered. Christy Alley died at 71 after a brief battle with colon cancer. A spokesperson mm. uh, for the veteran actress confirmed this official cause of death from people. Allie's family shared a statement posted on Twitter Monday that she passed away following a battle with cancer that was only recently discovered. Christy Alley, another icon, lost Farrell. Yeah, she was only 71 years old. Uh, Christy Alley, of course, from uh, Cheers and uh, the movie that made the Farrell cry, Star mm -hmm. Trek II, Wrath, yes, yes, Wrath of Khan. What a wimp I am, but that's the truth. 
Uh, obviously, uh, you know, made her mark. You know, I was never the biggest Cheers fan. How about you? Um, I mean, it's a great I, show. Can't I've say watched, it's not. I've watched my share of Cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good question. Was I a fan of it? I watched my share. I I loved Shelley Long. Okay, right? now didn't she replace? She did replace Shelley Long. So you got to give her credit for that. That's almost like a mesh situation Look, I always where found you know her. Colonel Potter replaces you know a, you know was a main character. I and always the show found continued her to... very very sexy. Oh, absolutely. JB said, "Look who's talking now." Yes, right. Another yep. great mm-hmm. great movie with yeah. Travolta and Christy Alley. Absolutely. Um, Great career. Uh, the colon cancer stuff scares me, as you know, because I've already had my stomach uh, yeah. messed with. That that that's concerning. Uh, J. A. Will says, at fifty, you're supposed to start getting colonoscopies in an ideal situation. So, J. A. You're right. Yeah, I'm fifty five. Yeah, I had my first colonoscopy in at thirty something because I thought something was going on. There was nothing. Right. I'm way overdue. I was actually right. just talking to that my brother in law, and everybody obviously remembers or knows my health problems I've right. had the last sure. couple of years. Sure. So after the heart attack, no colonoscopy, right? Because they put me on blood yeah. thinners. Right. Then after the surgery, my doctor's like, I'm not even look. I'm not worried about a colonoscopy right now. Right. So right. again, I recommend males and females. Really, you're supposed to get a colonoscopy after 45. If you clear at 45, then it, I, from what I read and understand, it's every five years after yeah. that. Um, it hit me at 47, and I... Have you ever had a colonoscopy? Not until that stuff started happening, you know. So you're it, way over. So too. it was too late for me to in, just to begin with. Right. I had to do major surgery, and then after that, they did colonoscopies after a little time of healing to see how that was working out, but... No, I should have gone much sooner. I should. I had no idea. I just thought I had uh, IBS syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> oh, so wait a minute. So when you had your surgery, it had to do yeah. with an intestinal problem. It was, Absolutely. It wasn't colon they, cancer, they removed two, No, but they removed okay. two feet of right. my you know, intestinal. Uh, it was quite, it was quite a shocking bit. thing Like with Christy yeah. Alley is colon, colon cancer is, if caught scary early stuff. enough, is somewhat treatable. Yeah. So, um, scary stuff. But then again, it starts with very simple... Um, Little warning signs, maybe? No, well, your body like has... I'm not using the right word. Someone can help me out there. Not lesions, but little palops. Palops oh, is the word. Interesting. So palops become cancer. Wow. Jay Will says every 10 years, they say it takes 10 years for the polyp to grow. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Oof. Um, Chris, right, uh, Jason Morning, Christy Alley was drop-dead gorgeous. She was. She, she sure was. was. Hot, hot, hotter. Harder than hot? Harder than than hell. hell. Nice. I like the band that sings the theme song for Monty Nefaro and Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. Make up the band Wisteria Hall. Bart Man! Wisteria Hall sings such songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Please hit that like and subscribe. That was the temporary home of the old Monty Nefaro page that was taken down by YouTube. And uh, we want to thank you guys for putting that up. You can download Wisteria Hall's music on Spotify, Apple Music, and Reverb Nation. You know what's funny? I checked to see if you guys were trademarked. Yeah. And both you and Bart have separate trademarks, right? Interesting. Did you know that? Very interesting. Did you know that? I know everything. Okay, you never told me that. Yeah. Hiding secrets from your partner. That's a secret. Monty DeFaro can be seen. <laughs> and if you didn't know who you are watching, Monty DeFaro, it can be seen on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page where we had over 2 million views, but now we're starting we're over. Had. <laughs> Facebook Live page on the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Here's on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, and the Twitch TV Monty Nefaro page. Every, if you're lucky enough to live in New York, every Tuesday at, but I have the wrong time here yet again. Did you do that again? Every, no, I'm not I'm right. Every Tuesday There's at no 1.15 at 9.30 p.m. That's right. And on Saturday at one. Oh, sorry, at 11 a.m. Okay. And on Channel 20, uh, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Okay. All right. Um, again, I want to say we've got a very special guest, which it's been a very, very long time, our former partner, um, and we'll get into it. Uh, I call him John Sawyer. Mm-hmm. That's what I call him. But he wants to be known as his real name. Well, that's what he is. That's that's his real name. So that is what he is. But I'm always going to think of him as John Sawyer and Boondocks. It's just, I'm well, you sorry. <laughs> it's well, embedded in my brain. We'll be right man. back after this commercial break with comedian, pro wrestler. Can I say it? And podcaster. Mr. John Lambros. See you in a second. 
Hi, it's Josh from Under the Table Hot Sauce. I'm here with my friend, the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Yeah, what's up, JB? Nah, nothing. It's been a hot summer, and for all your barbecue needs, you can go to UndertheTableHotSauce.com. 13 unique flavors to choose from, created and bottled in a Long Island kitchen. UndertheTableHotSauce.com. Let's go chow, JB. Let's do it. All the flavor, twice the burn. <laughs> oh, what's up, Mike? Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Yeah, not that much. You know, Jimmy, I love this country. Oh. I love to buy made-in-America material. And I love to buy my artwork at TAG, T-A-A-G, Made in America, 14 East Broadway, Port Jefferson, New York, 11717, the shop at the corner. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestle broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, where we're welcoming our special guest, I'm calling him John Sawyer. I'm sorry. I'm gonna... I did. John you... Sawyer, how are you, John? Monty! <laughs> Jimmy! That guy! Not to be here. That guy? John, Wait a it's minute. been a long time, man. Yeah. It's been a long time. So tell us, last time I saw you, you were a pro wrestler, you were a podcaster, and now you're a full-time comedian. What's been going on in the life of John Sawyer? Well, I wouldn't say full-time. I mean, come on. <laughs> What? Um, Five days a week? Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's a weird business. You know, you should know about, you know. I, I know about range. weird, but, you know, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. No, um, uh, I have the real job, you know, but on the side, I've been pursuing stand-up comedy since 2019. And uh, I've been loving every second of it. Um, I haven't really been making any milestones other than, well, I, I consider this a milestone, but I don't know if others would. I got to do stand-up in the same building as Andrew Dice Clay. It always. doesn't matter what others think, my friend. That's, that's, that's cool. Mm. Andrew Dice Clay, same, uh, same, same build, stage? Same building. Well, what happened that's was cool. it was over the summer of 2021 at Governors in Levittown, the main Governors Comedy Club location. Mm-hmm. They have three different showrooms, and during the summer, all three of them are active. There's the main room which has had, like, Eddie Murphy, Kevin Hart, all these big stars have been in that room before. Then they have a more intimate room, which was called the Little Room at the time. Now it's called the Giggle Room. That's for more smaller private events, you know, whether it's someone's birthday or whatever. And then there's the outdoor patio. I was doing an open mic in the Little Room while Dice was working in the main room. So... Of course, when I got there, I asked the guy running the mic, I was like, can I please go on second, just so I can go to the bar and watch Dice for the rest of the night? And he knew how big of a fan I was of the guy, and still am to this day. So I went up and did my five minutes, I think I bombed, and then I went straight to the bar and, you know, did what they call well, how, how do you cl- know if you bomb or not? Can Why? you, like, can you, you feel you it in the that? room as a performer if you're doing well or not? I would think so, right? I think it's more of a, um, just a sense of, you know, uh, I don't know how you put it, but um, let's just say any comic who acts like they're going to kill it, you know, 24 all the time, isn't a real comic. You know, the real personality a comic tends to have is, uh, you know, they're going up there, they're going to try their best, but they also have in the back of their mind, holy crap, this could go wrong at any moment, which is kind of a thrill for us. You know, it's kind of like you're on that boat that's rocking back and forth. You don't know if you're going to stay afloat or if you're going to fall overboard and, and drown, you know. Um, it sounds I, like showbiz. Yeah, yeah. There's no. It's not like musicians. There's comics don't have hits. We have plenty of misses, but we don't have hits. You know, and I'm sure plenty of uh, other stand-ups out there would agree with me. But yeah, I got to um, watch Dice, and uh, in the business they call it taking class when a comic watches another comic who's been around longer than them. And uh, what better comic to take class from than one of the OGs, in my opinion, of raw comedy. The first comic ever to sell out Madison Square Garden twice. Definitely a New York legend, and he was awesome uh, seeing him in person. Um, 
But uh, I remember about 30 minutes prior to that, one of the open micers that I was in the room with, you know, pretty open mic, uh, got in a little bit of trouble that night. I'm not going to say the guy's name. Um, whenever Governors has a big name, and excuse me if my voice seems a little hoarse, um, whenever Governors has a big name at the club, you know, normally they're when they get brought to the main green room, uh, the door's wide open and they're very friendly and personable and they're talking to the other comics. Dice is not like that. I'm not saying he's a dick, but he's very private and he's very, you know, reserved. So 90%, usually when he's there, I learned this from when I was there, he keeps the door shut and there's a sign on it that says, don't want to enter unless you're, and he has a list, you know, family, agent, you know. I, I think it's funny that Dice's career has trumbled so much that he was fucking doing comedy at Governor's. <laughs> Seriously, think about it. Once upon a time, he was selling out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's guess interesting. Right. I guess well, I'd leave the door right. open if he's, I was him. He's still... He's yeah. still <laughs> what the he's, fuck? He's still so you didn't get anywhere near him? I you didn't get, get anywhere near him? I didn't get anywhere near him, no, but it didn't bother me. You know, no, I'm not... That, well, that's, the fact that you know, I still got to see him. Right. You know, no, I got, I got that part, but it's a shame you didn't get a chance to like maybe talk to him. Yeah, but That kind of makes me laugh, John. So I was thinking about that, right? You were a wrestler, and I'm sure... A lot of times all these kids were totally into you and they're looking for your autograph and yeah. you're the star. And now, meanwhile, now you're a co comedian trying mm -hmm. another career and now you're marking out for some guy. Like, isn't that weird? Like, that whole, like, kids are marking out for you. Like, which is more important to you? Like, you know, you marking out for some dude or the other there's way around? Why am I using the word mark? I don't know. Because this is a wrestling show? I guess so. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with... There's nothing wrong with having influences and having people right. you look up to. Uh, it's yeah. how you handle it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I learned a long time ago to drop the whole fanboy shtick once I started get, being around, you know, other higher talent. And uh, dating back to when I was on the independents and I would do shows with like X Pac and right. your, your buddy Tony Atlas, you, you know. Like, the last thing I would do around guys like that is be like, oh, my God, sign this, sign this, take a picture here, call my father, you know. Sign, you know, I wouldn't do any of that. I was, it's, it's much more um, realistic for someone in my position, and I assume people in your position, to treat them more like equals because that's probably what they want in the long run. Yeah. You know, they don't yeah. want to do business with someone who's going to put them on a pedestal and kiss their ass the whole time. You know, they'd rather, you know, uh, have that sense of professionalism. So if I was honored enough to be in the same room with Dice, you know, in a conversational standpoint, you know, I'd still keep the professionalism there. But there's always that thought in the back of my head, like, wow, I'm, you know, sharing the room with this guy I look up to. And there's plenty of guys in wrestling who I've had that, you know, opinion with as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's all about how you handle it. You know, I don't, I don't find it weird at all unless you handle it weird. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to wind up being a Mark weirdo. That yeah. wouldn't be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say thanks. Yeah, I already can, have. Can I finish the story, by the way, I was going to tell about Dice in the green room? Oh, I, yeah, sure. I, I, Go I ahead. To, I don't mean to cut you off. There was an older comic uh, doing the open mics with us who swore to everybody in the room that him and Dice started together at this club called Pips in Brooklyn, which no longer exists. And, of course, like I mentioned earlier, the, door, the dressing room door was shut. A sign that said, do not enter. This guy just walked right on in. You know, hey, okay. Dice, my name's so-and-so. We started, and without missing a beat, Dice goes, get the fuck out of here, and starts throwing water bottles at him. Very nice. That's the nice. rest of us were just let's laughing Let's throw water bottles at him. Wow. Dice. <laughs> Dice is special. I wonder if the guy really truly did start with him years and years. Maybe like uh, he has a memory from a million years ago, and Dice is like, get the fuck out of That can't feel too good. <laughs> but, that, but, that, but this goes back to when I said handling it weird and handling it not weird. That right. guy handled it weird. Well, I wouldn't you know? go, I myself wouldn't go barging in, so I got that part of exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, you, you were wait saying, a minute, hold on. I want to understand something before we move on. Yeah. The guy's playing fucking governors. Okay, yeah. let's get realistic Absolutely. here. Right? Governors, for anybody that doesn't know, is a Long Island spot for comedy. It's a one good of one, the very it's a good few one. comedy it's a good places, one. right? Yeah, it's a good one. It, hold on. As far it's, as Long Island. It's a good one right. for Long Island. Right. Right? Right. My point, and again, I'm not knocking governors, okay? But the point of the matter is you're playing governors, Dice. You, what do you got to sit in your, like, your something special? I mean, yeah, come on, man. he doesn't have to do that to the up and comers. I agree with you. Let's you get know. a little realistic. I don't here. expect him to throw him under the bus, but yeah, I think that that kind of sucks. It's it's, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. It's uh, like you know. get 
get your shit together yeah. and like well the worst part is understand is where you are in the world well here's the worst part it sounds to me like he forgot where he came from forget where you are how about remember where you come from you know as far as that goes but uh, the, that's nice for you I mean, like, Dice was a great stand-up comedian back in the day. The movie thing didn't work out so great, but, yeah. Nice actually made some decent movies. What? Did he? Ford Fairley tanked when he came out. You're talking about all... He was in Blue Jasmine, which is a Woody Allen movie. Oh, okay. Which is actually pretty good. Nicely done. Okay. He was in A Star is Born, the remake, as the father. He was actually... So maybe that's why he had his door closed. He's playing governors, dude. (laughs) I'm trying to uh, bail him out You're trying to do here. what you can here, but guys play government. Uh, unbelievable. All right, so anyway. Anyway, well, again, I said it on a previous show, thanks for, uh, you know, your social media post about us. I was actually surprised because, uh, you know, it, in the past, I, I wasn't sure if you hated my guts. So, <laughs> so basically, uh, why do you think it was back in those days that it didn't work out perhaps the way you might have hoped it would? I think it was a sense of um, immaturity. Um, Lack of realism, lack of um, common sense. You know, I wanted uh, my show that I was running to be the pro wrestling version of the Opie and Anthony show and Howard Stern show. Just mm. this laid back, you know, non scripted hangout, you know, where guys can just shoot the shit, talk the business, and, you know, and all that. Then I learned about how strong the FCC is and how they would find the crap out of you if you go this route and. I'm not exactly a wealthy man, so um, I was like, okay, let me find a way to do something different, you know. And I kept trying different things, and clearly, and I've I've said this before and I'll say it again, I had no business running a show, uh, like a broadcast of any kind. And at this point, I still don't, you know. But um, But why why do you say that, John? I thought you actually did a pretty solid job. And so did others, but, you know... You ever you ever do something and you think to yourself, what what am I doing here? You know, like whether it's uh, you're trying a new workout or you're uh, or you're going to see a certain movie that you're unsure of, right. and at like five minutes in, you're thinking, Jesus, what the hell is wrong with me? Like you know, but you still want to go through with it, you know, just so you don't back out. You know, that's kind of how I felt in some episodes. You know, somebody asked me. Um, would I ever do podcasting again? And I said yes, only to the condition of that I have a following watching. Because I've done shows where there was nobody watching, you know. Like, and this is before you guys came in the picture. Like when I when I had Joe Herb and Patrick Wynn with me, and you know, it just feels pointless. You're talking into a microphone about whatever, and sometimes you're talking about topics that, and you're really pouring your heart out about how passionate you are, only to realize that nobody's listening. Or, yeah, but, or if they are you know, listening, it's, but, the, it's the regulars. But you know? in life in general, right, it's about hard work, right? It's mm. like, you know, there's no such thing as in, instant gratification. No. Right. So it's like, do you no. think that you just didn't want to do the work? Um, like, what was the that, reason? That, 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 like, give me one second. I, w- I want to get my thought out. So you wanted to do this. You really wanted to do it. And you realize no one's really watching. Um, do you think you just didn't want to do the work to build the audience? I was, and this is where the lack of common sense came in. I thought I already had an audience because I was fresh out of the wrestling business at the time. And I thought that I had people watching me there. I was wrong. So I guess, yeah, I probably didn't feel up to doing the work at the time but it was all you know i was a kid i was in my early 20s you know what guy do you know in their early 20s is going to make bright decisions all the time you know (laughs) so but i mean let me ask you this you seemed pretty happy when i first met you yeah and this is a question i've always wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. did you ever think back like i wish i never had invited this dude on the show because it might have turned out differently not at all okay not at all you know, whether people come into your life for the whole way. I mean, or- I'll share with you. My wife felt that once I settled after show two or something like that, that I basically ran you over like a, like a car and took over the show. I don't remember it quite like that. Um, I just remember you being a young kid and me being an older guy. Because I was doing it for shits and giggles, I'll Mm -hmm. be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And I remember being an older guy trying to guide you a little bit. 
And to be honest with you, I felt like this is where I agree with you. I didn't think you wanted any guidance. You wanted it your way. Mm -hmm. And that's where I thought things weren't working out because of that. I mean, that's just my opinion. You guys had your vision and I had mine. And they were Well, you got to remember when I first started, I didn't have yeah. a vision, right? It was a shits and giggles. Uh, I was taught I hadn't Jimmy and I went to high school together. Mm -hmm. And then we hadn't spoken for 10 something years really, right? Yeah, we, we had kinda, lost some touch. We had lost touch. We had a couple of those. And I think Jimmy saw me on the show. Yeah. And then he contacted me and we just used to bullshit. In fact, I tell a story. Well, Jimmy, we were talking. Yeah, it wasn't right. like I discovered yeah, you right. again yeah, right. on this. Let's not get let's not get crazy right. here. Mm -hmm. You know. John, I got to I got to ask you one thing though. Since we're on the whole, you know, and this I need an answer to this. We come in and we're starting to I felt like we were starting to implement some good shit with you. We get Gary Michael Capetta on the show. Remember? Yes. Remember when we had Gary Michael Capetta? His birthday's coming up. Yeah. Well, yeah. we still love Gary Michael Capetta. We've had him on several times since. Right, He's yeah. a great guy. Um, what I, I, I just need to know for my own sanity what happened after that. I don't know if you remember, but Gary gave out tickets to his event. He was going to be holding a show in Queens area. Mm -hmm. And he gave them out, and one of your listeners who was there before we were ever on the show won it. Mm -hmm. Why did you not come to the show that night? We needed you there. You're part of the show. Gary Michael Capetta is appearing. He did an interview for us, mm -hmm. and he's giving out tickets. I have to. T I just got to get this off my chest because we were sitting at the show, and the guy that the tickets, the kid who won the tickets, didn't even have the decency to come over and thank us, and then later on accused us of stealing your show. Now, for that person who I hope is listening tonight, I'm going to make this nice and clean. There is not one thing creatively. Not one thing business-wise and not one thing model-wise that was ever copied from John's show. And that's a fact. We are way different from every other show out there, which is why people either love us or hate us, want us to see us doing this forever, or want us off the air yesterday. But this is our thing, you know. So, John, I've always liked you. I enjoyed watching you wrestle. I always have felt you're a bright guy. Why did were you were you just getting done with the wrestling business in general? What made you not come to Gary that night? It was a combination of getting really sick of the business. That's fair know, because of the political crap. Oh, uh, there's a lot of it. But it was also, um, and this is a more smaller reason, but it's still a reason. I didn't feel comfortable traveling into the city. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. And, I got to admit, I'm that way myself. Yeah, but. And, and, and the show was in the city. Yeah, know? it was I, right by Shea, where Shea know, used to be, by the Mets. Like, I didn't start driving until I. Let's see, I quit wrestling in December 2016. Started the show in January. I didn't start driving until at least May or June. So I was still new to you know driving, and like I said, I didn't feel comfortable driving into the city. So, you know, I, I can be a bit paranoid at times, mm. you know, especially behind the wheel when there's crappy drivers all around you. In New York? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never. So, but didn't, but did like, so Gary, right, you, you openly admitted the show no one was really watching at the time, right? We were just slowly building an audience. Yeah. Gary, you know, Gary is a famous ring announcer, right? Yes. I mean, if you know wrestling, he's a famous, very famous it's ring announcer. One of the greatest. Didn't you feel guilty that you weren't supporting this guy who supported you? Like, I could personally tell you that bothered me, right? It was like we went, we, we felt like we owed Gary mm -hmm. this, right? I mean, the guy, look, for a brand new show, you did have some decent stars on. You Simon know, Gotch was on. Yeah, right. Simon Gotch. That was a good catch. I felt like, you know, Gary Michael Capetto was a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, I remember for us, we were like, holy I was cow, this is incredible. Thrilled. Didn't you feel guilty like you owed this guy something? At the time, no. Do you realize years later, wait a minute, this might have been the wrong business move? I can see if he thought that way. If he, if he, if he felt that way. And I could definitely see... I don't think Gary thought anything. No, no, no. We're not speaking on behalf uh, of Gary Michael uh, Capetta. Uh, no. I'm just wondering if, the, at the, you know, you think about it years later, it's like, shit, you know, that's Gary Michael Capetta. Mm -hmm. You know, the concept is, is, is to slowly build something. you got to get guests. you yeah. got to you gotta, you gotta do the dance. Yeah. You understand uh, yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that was basically it. Mm -hmm. Do you miss pro wrestling? Yes and no. 
I miss the camaraderie. I miss being around uh, like-minded people. I miss the performance aspect. I don't miss not knowing who to trust. I don't miss um, watching what I say. I don't miss, you know, feeling like sometimes I have to defend myself for real because mm. there have been times, and you can look up the Bruiser Brody uh, mm-hmm. incident for for mm. an example, where guys would, you know, take liberties on others for some of the dumbest reasons on the planet. You know, wrestler A says something about wrestler B. What was the worst thing you saw in the locker room? Uh, Worst thing I saw in the locker room? Probably a a young disabled kid who was in training to become a wrestler get told by the trainer at, at one moment, you're doing great, keep up the good work. But the minute they left, this people, these people started trashing him. He's just taking his money? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, part of me wanted to say something, but I knew, considering the environment, if I said something, next thing you know, I'm a victim. You know? How's your body holding up now that you've stopped taking bumps? It's okay. I um, I mean, there must be less pain, I would hope. Yeah, know? but there, then there are those days where, like, you know, you make a wrong turn and you feel it in your legs, you know? It's, right. You know, I, granted, I only did it for four years, but that's still four years of constant training, constant throwing yourself to the ground, you know. How many, sh- how many shows did you, do you think you did? Did you ever, like, write them down and go, shit, over no. four years I took so many such and such bumps I, in so many shows? I never wrote anything down because I was too focused on what's the, what's the what's next. What's coming next. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How, how did you decide to become a wrestler to, to start with? Well, I've always loved it. You know, I, I, I can remember being three or five years old and, uh, you know, I'm in I'm at, I'm at my house in Yapank. I grew up in the Yapank area. Okay. Playing with like Hot Wheels cars and my dad would put on the TV just so that there's noise in the background. Did dad and, like wrestling? Oh, he loved wrestling. Nice. He still does. Cool. Um and I remember seeing uh it was the Canada Ring finals where Austin uh, Oh, really? Nice. That was my first that's my first memory of pro wrestling. You stand there and thump your bible. Yeah, the, yeah. when he's standing there with Michael Hayes and he's yep. got that promo, of course I was yep. too young to understand what he was talking about. Right. But just something drew me to the TV. You had it. Austin. At that same token, comedy came into my life, you know, at an early age too. I remember when the original Last Comic Standing TV show, you know, mm-hmm. first started on NBC. Mm-hmm. And I that took my attention just as much too. But wrestling, the wrestling bug was more stronger at the time, so I wound up going for that. But there'd be plenty of moments during my run where, like, guys like Bad Boy Rocky Shore, who trained me and broke me into the business, he'd be like, John, you thought about doing stand-up? I'm like, no, no, I just, I, I'm not funny when I try. He's like, oh, you don't got to try. You're natural, you know. And people would tell me, you know, you should give it a shot. And I always kept it in the back of my mind. And it took um, being away from wrestling for a while and going through the podcasting thing. You know, eventually I realized I missed the, the feeling of performing in front of a live audience because nothing can replicate that. Sure. Nothing. It's, no. it's natural. It, it just, you don't know what it's like unless you've done it, you know. So I signed up for an open mic and the rest is history. Did you find it easier to perform as a comedian in front of people with the with the wrestling past experience that you performed in front of people? Yeah. Did you find it a lot easier for you to do? Yeah. I'm already comfortable in front of a crowd. Okay. So stage fright's not a problem for me. Right. You know, right. it's more... How about hecklers? What do you do when you're dealing with hecklers? It depends on the circumstance. Um, okay. Are you a victim of circumstance when it happens? I'm a victim of circumstance. Define victim of circumstance. Oh, it's really just a curly joke from the Three Stooges. Oh. <laughs> but, ba- but basically, I mean, have you learned how to respond to them? Do you have to? You got to be quick on your on your, on your feet and faster mm-hmm. in your mind, obviously, when this happens. I usually take the polite route at first. You know, um, how I respond is 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 their call. They can either shut up and I continue with my act, or they can keep pressing buttons, and you know, then my wit comes out, and I just I pretty much give them a little dressed out. You just know. just as difficult to uh, get the com- the comedian life in with a with a regular job as it was wrestling, or harder. No, it's a it's a little more easier because um, you know there's no specific way to approach stand up. Uh, you know, I remember hearing uh, Bert Kreischer, who's a very well known comic in the Los Angeles, California area. 
he said on a podcast to um, as an advice to up and coming comics, do it your way. Screw the system. Screw what other people tell you. Do it your way. While in wrestling, there's not only the traditional way, but there's all these other ways that go with it. You know, in wrestling, I, I was very proud to have been trained old-fashioned by guys like Rocky Shore, who was trained by gentleman Chris Adams at the world-class championship wrestling school in Texas. Louis Fabiano, who was trained by the Wild Samoans. I did a seminar with Jimmy Hart. I did a seminar with Greg Valentine. And I learned from these guys, you know, the original old-fashioned way to, you know, take bumps, sell, tell a story in the ring. And I was proud about that. But once I actually started doing shows, and this is where one of the headaches from my run came, there were all these new styles, you know, like the spotty AEW style that you see now. And, you know, um, and, you know, it, it would be a case of like, oh, he doesn't know it my way. So that means he's untrained and he's crap. And then there would be button heads and, you know, it just became a giant pain in the ass. So it became difficult to be a traditional big guy. Yeah, it, it became very difficult. It's kind of sad. And, and, when consi- you think about it. and considering yeah. considering the way the business is now, it's probably ten times more difficult. I would think. I can remember watching Dave Batista when he was hot, you know, and doing his run. When he would do his power bomb, he only needed to do it one time, right. and that was the finish. Watch right. a Wardlow match; he'll do it nine times, right. and he'll throw the guy out of the ring. Well, rain. that's just AEW stupidity. Fortunately, we got. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley and guys like well, the W. Lesnar and Lashley us- are godsends. You yeah. know, I love watching those guys. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, comedy, you know, there is no way. You just got to go about it the way you see fit, and that's why I love it so much, you know. Hey, John, I want to go back. You, you wrote that, that wonderful thing on social media when we had this breakdown and we thought we were going to end the show, which, by the way, was real. We were going yeah. to end it, and then yep. the fans asked us to try again and yeah. keep going, right? Yeah. Um, but I felt two things. I felt, one, uh, uh, a very kindness on your part. On, but on the other hand, I felt, you, I felt reading it that you felt slighted in a way. Why, when we decided to start the Monty Nefaro and break away from John Sawyer and you were part of it, you only lasted three episodes, which mm-hmm. you clearly wrote. Why did you call it a day? What was the reason? Because I could see that... Um... I would not uh, last as far as uh, the tempo of um, your program. I could talk wrestling all day long, but then, so, but then, if you bring up another subject, like say, uh, um, I remember uh, when the singer Fats Domino passed away. Mm-hmm. You guys did. You guys covered him and talked about you know that era of music. I don't know anything about that era of music. You know, I remember uh, one guy one time the Yankees were doing something in the playoffs. You guys are talking about the Yankees in the playoffs. I come from a family of baseball fans, my father being a Met fan, but I don't know shit about baseball. <laughs> you know, so on one hand, you know, you got the main subject, which is wrestling, which I'm perfectly fine talking about. But then there'd be other times where I just didn't think I'd know what to say. Well, you know, did you, I, did you think at some point though that like, hey, look? This is just going to be some other show that no one's going to watch. Because, again, when we first started, oh, nobody believed there, was, there was no one watching. Yeah. Did you like, I'm just wasting my time here? We had here, a plan, though. And <laughs> was that part of it, too? I thought, I thought that I was wasting my time, not because, of, not because I thought little about your show, but because I didn't think that I could hang with the other subjects that you guys were met, were speaking of. Do you, you wish know? that maybe you would have hung in there, though, considering what ended up happening? Looking or? back, I probably would have given it the co- more of a college try, but, you know. Because, again, I'm going to reiterate, you're a talented guy. Thank you. I always used to say to Jimmy, when we were doing the show on the John Sawyer show, your, your intros were spot on. Yeah. You were very clean all the time. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, you did a you did a very solid yeah. job. So, let's get some clarity here. So, you leave, mm-hmm. decide to leave. Mm-hmm. It's I don't want to call it a mutual decision, right? You just decide to leave, and we said, yeah. "Okay, goodbye." Yeah. Right? It wasn't like, yeah, you know, stay. It wasn't an argument or anything like that. When did it start to go bad? Because I'm just telling you my revisionist history. Was I remember you just going on the attack on social media? I can't remember anything else. I think Farrell hears it differently, but 
I remember the first attack being on Pharaoh was in a very famous band back in the late <laughs> 80s. They did very well. We were one of the best and I three. And remember your attack Top three on according to WBAB bands remember, on Long Island. <laughs> I don't remember why you started the attack. Or was it that we were attacking you? I don't remember. How did it happen? What happened was... Um, and let me preface this by saying, you know, to the people watching, me and these guys are fine. There's no more tension. There's no more, you know, beef. I, I assume there's no, no, no more not, of that. No, We're just being grown adults talking. Yeah. Talking. Um, you hear that, YouTube? Grown adults talking. <laughs> Continue. Continue. I remember calling Monty. Actually, no. I remember Jimmy called me first and said, uh, it said, hey, John, the show is, you know, going to be ending soon, you know. And I said, oh, well, okay, you know, I, I took your word for it, you know. And you said, and you said, yeah, if you ever decide to do anything else and you need a co-host, let me know. And I wasn't going to be doing anything else at the time. But I, but I said, okay, you know, thank you, you know. So then I sat and thought about it. And I was like, yeah, let me, get, let me call Monty and tell him, you know, hey, I you know, thanks for the opportunity, but I'd like to take a graceful bow out here and move on, which is what I did. You know, I wait a minute, hold on, I, I missed that. So Jimmy called you. Jimmy said, called me first. Okay. Jimmy called me first and told me that you guys were going to be ending the show for what reason I don't know. So I took his word for it, and um, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was a while ago. You I think know, you just been called out. <laughs> I don't remember anything right, about ahead, that. But go, go ahead, John. So, I remember calling John and telling him he's got talent and not to give up on himself. I remember. Well, that, that was much. also that was that was. But I don't part. remember us ever saying our show was ending. I don't remember right, anything so go ahead, like John, that. Tell the story. That was another part of the phone call. Okay. You, know, you, you said ahead. towards the end, you got talent. You know, hope you stick with. Yeah, it. Yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah. Um. So. I called Monty afterwards, and I said, uh, you know, hey, Monty, I heard the show's ending, um, you know, and... Uh, and what did I say? Uh, well, you didn't say anything at first, but I said, uh, I'd like to take a graceful bow out, you know, you know, thinking if you get, if you had anything else, you know, planned, you know, uh, with other shows. I, I didn't know what was on your agenda as far as your Monty and the Barrel production. So I remember saying, uh, I'd like to take a graceful bow, but thank you for the opportunity. Best of luck with everything else. And Monty said, uh, you know, thanks for, you know, helping us out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then that was that. So then I guess something happened where you guys didn't end the show and kept it going, you know. So um, I remember I was with a friend at the time, and uh, another friend sends me a text saying, uh, have you been on Facebook lately? And... I hadn't been on in a couple hours, so I'm like, no. And he's like, go on Facebook and look up, you know, Monty's thing. He's taking shots at you. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. what's this all about? So I pull it up, and I don't hear, I don't, I don't hear me and my name at first. So I'm like, I just see him talking to some blonde chick, you know, like, like where are the shots? He goes, play it from the beginning. So I rewind it to the, you know, to the beginning, you know. And I've never, when it comes to my real jobs, I don't go public about it, you know. I feel being an entertainer, at the time, I felt being while being an entertainer, if someone was to refer to me as, you know, John the stock boy or John the, the deli cashier, you know, that that was a demeaning, you know, comment. So I played the episode from the beginning, and, you know, Monty introduces whoever was sitting there. It was a blonde woman, about middle-aged, you know. And then he goes, uh, oh, by the way, that is not John Sawyer. John was needed to stock the shelves at Walmart. And That's pretty funny. Yeah, did I yeah. say that? Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah, so. So you attacked my band? <laughs> Leave my fucking band out of it. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Well, why Seriously. Was, why wasn't he there then? Well, I, I, I don't remember that. And I never told you what you said in the beginning. I did give you a pep talk, but I never was like the show's ending. Now, especially well, if you weren't there. If you weren't there. Did we, what, were we just starting with the Monty and the Farrell there's thing? More, there's more to the story. Go ahead. Please, I'm, I'm listening. dizzy. Go ahead. There's more to the story. Now you're intrigued. I, I texted Monty after, the, after oh, he went off the air. You. Uh-oh. I texted Monty after he went off the air. Okay. And I wasn't was I even on this show? You mentioned a blonde woman. I don't remember anything about this. It was, I didn't, I, <laughs> it was the blonde woman. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so I remember texting Monty, and I wasn't aggressive. I said something along the lines of, uh, you know, I just, you know, 
was polite and gave a graceful bow out, you know. Uh-huh. I wish you the best, you know. Right, right. And now you're saying that's what's going on. And uh, I guess just text can be easily misinterpreted. Right. So maybe Monty took it as me, you know, lashing at him. So okay. I remember getting like this big page, you know. <laughs> what did you do? You know. <laughs> You know, it's like, I, I did right by you. And, you know. Hey, listen, just because Andrew Dice Clay and Opie and Anthony might be a couple of visual influences, what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> so, ahead, I, so I didn't say anything, but then I would get friends telling me, you know, oh, did you see Monty? I'm like, what, what happened? So I would turn on, <laughs> and then I would see this. Like, one time you guys would have this thing where you would go, uh, what does everybody want? Head? And then a picture of me would come on the screen. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you know? Or, uh, <laughs> or one time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? No wonder. Well, what? Well, he wasn't in the band. I guess you couldn't, you couldn't rag on his band. Right. Oh, but, once rough. but once that started, it was like, okay, now. Uh, well, John, with all due respect, you do have a very sizable head. You're a sizable guy. He's yeah, a big do. dude. You know, he is. He's a big dude. But Oy. more of it, but more of it kept going on. Wow, you know, I forgot about all that. Jesus Christ. But, but more of it kept going on, and at the time, I was being quite immature, hence why the responses started coming. And one of the responses was, I made some meme that said, I forgot what the meme said, but it was a picture, of, it was like a two-frame picture. The frame above was you and your band, and the frame... <laughs> I know what she said. You don't got to repeat it. You never got over it. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> what, what because happened? that band was the third, one of the three best bands, according to Bob Buckman, from BAB. All right? <laughs> he say? said we reminded him of the Rolling Stones. You said something about what starts at the, at the, the, the cellar winds back up in the cellar. Oh, did I say Basically. that? Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Rabbit, yeah. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, shit, I could play right now and fill up your... Well, <laughs> you, well like, you, lashed, you, you lashed back at me pretty good because I remember somebody screenshotting a Facebook post you put out Whoa. telling me to drop dead. And oh, that wasn't me. I would never tell well, you to drop dead. No, that was you. <laughs> I would never tell you to drop dead. That was you. That's me. Wow, I was evil that you were, day. You were mean. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so if, well, uh, I really don't want you to drop dead. No, no. Just leave my band alone. What I, the fuck? Hey. It was immature. It was immaturity on my part, you know. In actuality, um, if we were busted, well, if I was busting your balls that much, I really don't think it was that bad. You, you have a right to re- retaliate. Yeah, yeah. But, and he did. And in my band, but but think about it. I think, but but that was nice con- job, by the way, John. It was, John. Good. It was, it was really pretty good. good. It was no, pretty it was. good. He did well. He really did. It was a it was a good comeback. Yeah, he got like missed. Look, John, for, we're, we're almost out of me. time. I want you to tell the fans out there. First of all. So glad to have yeah. you here. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Again, I always thought you were a wonderful wrestler. I enjoyed I always it. thought you were excellent on the radio. Um, There's a great Ronald Reagan. I have not Reagan. seen your comedy, <laughs> so I can't really do on that. But I'm glad that you said you're doing it five days a week. So He's I'm glad there. to see He's that going on. Just keep on. doing it, dude. Um, doing where it. can people see you? Where could people... If they're looking for a comedian for shows, how can they contact you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lambros Comedy and all other forms of social media at Johnny Lambros Comedy, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And uh, if you want to uh, contact for business inquiries, you can send me an email at Johnny Lambros Comedy at gmail.com and uh, just make clear who you are and what your intentions are, and we'll negotiate from there. Excellent. Fair enough. Do I get a final question? Sure, I do. What would you change? Change what? If you could change anything in your wrestling, in your in your comedy, in your podcasting, is there anything that, if you go back, you might? I probably pursue. I probably pursue comedy from the very beginning. Nice. And just stick with that. I can work with that. You know, it's good. not about what you love. It's more about what you're good at. But you can turn that into a love. You know, like you know, it's like the old Paul Heyman method. Take away, uh, accentuate the positives, hide the weaknesses. You know, the more you accentuate your strengths and the positives, the better you'll do. You know, and I feel with comedy, I'm doing just that. It's pretty good. So yeah. thank you, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. And you know, no, thank you. No hard feelings about the. No, no. no, dude, those feelings were. Listen, feelings. Yeah. I don't even have any feelings. Anyway, go ahead. We've had the the um, privilege to be able to do this show, especially out of this studio, mm-hmm. and the connection with my old friend Jimmy. So. You were the spark that even started it off. Without you, it doesn't probably doesn't happen. And so, again, honestly, if 
obviously it's probably recorded. Obviously, I did all the stuff that you're saying I did. <laughs> so, um, first of all, it was only a jest, right? Uh, um, but well, obviously, we're all sitting here now. No, so. but I mean, even back then, it was just a jest. He's I, such never, a I never, I never, He's so bad. I never. I'm but the, you. the point of the matter is, is that um, you're a really good guy, very talented guy. Um, and you should be very proud of yourself. Thank and, you. And I'm I'm glad you came to the studio, and it's an honor to have you back here. Uh, thank you for what we'll call this little reunion. Thank you. But we'll thank you for uh, getting us our start. So, and thank you again for that very kind social media. Yeah, of course, of course. And John, the only advice I can give to you, because I know you're gonna you're gonna work hard to make this thing happen for you. Mm-hmm. Only advice I can give you is that a guy who's been entertaining forever. Knock on that door till your knuckles hurt, and if they don't answer it, knock harder. Oh, I'm kicking that motherfucker off the edge. Knock the, the fuck harder. I'm kicking it off the edge. That's the right attitude. Bro. Knock it down. Mm, I want to right thank attitude. everybody for joining us. We will see everybody in eight minutes where oh, wow. we will have a special guest. Straight from Samoa? Lloyd Inouye. Wow. Am I saying annoy right, right? I don't know why. Famous Samoa. You're going to annoy him, I'll tell you that. We'll see you in about eight minutes. Later.